Turn, uh, turn over to the book of Proverbs. We're going to be bouncing around tonight a little bit uh, as, we, as we look at um, some different pieces of wisdom surrounding the topic of money. Uh, the topic of money is something that uh, I mean, people have conflicting ideas really about money, um, whether it's inside or outside the church. Um, some things that I've heard before in the past is you know, things along the lines that it's sinful to be rich. Um, you know, why, why have all this money when there's so many people that are in need, but yet you live in this big giant mansion, you have 50,000 cars, etc., etc. Um, there must be something wrong with that. Um, others think that it's a virtue to be poor. So you got the opposite ends of the spectrum there. Um, there are many, uh, and I think probably a lot of us fall into the category of, of thinking that money provides some security. There is obviously security in having funds in the bank account, but there are some who believe that it is the ultimate security. Um, I can have all of this money and I can be safe because I can pay for security services. I can you know, build up walls or make somebody else pay for walls, but we can have all of these things. Um, to help keep us safe, and things, and and acquiring all of this wealth is really what it boils down to. Of course, the Bible talks a great deal about money. Um, It talks about earning and spending, and how to save, and how to give. Uh, It also warns us about wasting our money. Now, the book of Proverbs has a lot of things in it uh, about money, but uh, I want to kind of focus on um, two contrasts. that are issues, I think, uh, related to money. The first of which that we're going to cover tonight is that of wealth and poverty. What does Proverbs say about that contrast? Um, Next week, we're going to look at the contrast between generosity and greed, um, another contrast uh, related to the topic of money. So um, tonight, as we look into the topic of wealth and money, um, we're going to first start off with the the wealth side. Wealth, of course, has, it, has its advantages. We talked about security. That's surely one thing. Um, but what, about, what does Proverbs say? Look at uh, Proverbs 18, verse 11. A rich man's wealth is his strong city, and like a high wall in his imagination. So Proverbs tells us that there is a degree of security with money. It also tells us that it brings about companionship of friends. Um, I use the air quotes there. Caleb's in this air quote stage. He just air quotes things. Uh, I think he, one time he looked at the stoplight, he says, that stoplight is red. It's like, no, it is red. It's not red. It is red. Um, so he's still trying to figure all of that out, um, which leads to some very funny conversations between my wife and I, because um, <laughs> we'll say, no, you take out the trash. Um, So, uh, so, uh, Psalm 19, uh, look at verse 4 there. Wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is deserted by his friend. And if you jump down uh, two verses to verse 6, many seek the favor of a generous man, and everyone is a friend of a man who gives gifts. So, there is friendship, apparently, that comes about with money. Um, Sometimes it's because you spend money on your friends, or because they know you have money, and... Sometimes it's good to have a friend with money because if you're in a bad spot, it's good to be able to have somebody to call upon and say, hey, I need some money. Um, Turn over a couple chapters to Proverbs 22. Wealth 
often carries with it, uh, I guess you can call it an advantage. Um, it could be a disadvantage too. Um, but Proverbs 22, verse 7 says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is the slave of the lender. So this tells me a little bit that wealth carries with it uh, some power or influence. Um, and if you think about uh, it, pretty much any elected official, in, in the, at least in the federal government, many of them come from either a very wealthy background, or if they didn't come from a very wealthy background, they're pretty wealthy now. Um, whether it be through endorsement deals or book deals or whatever they do, or just bad dealings politically, what have you. Um, but they have a lot of money, and because of that, they can run very successful campaigns and put out millions of dollars worth of ads to bash down their opponent um, and ultimately uh, win. Of course, our president now is well known for his wealth. Um, before becoming president, he was, uh, you know, that was kind of who Trump was. He was a very rich and powerful person, and he used that money um, to expand his businesses and buy more real estate, etc. Um, and now he's the president. So there you go. Prime example, power and money. Um, but of course, money doesn't provide any, everything. It provides some things, but it doesn't provide everything. Uh, one thing that it does not deliver us from is death. Look at Proverbs 10. Proverbs 10, verse 2. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. Look over at the next chapter, chapter 11, verse 4. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. There you see two very similar Proverbs, both handling the same situation. Same chapter, look down at verse 28. Proverbs eleven twenty eight says, Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. So if we have wealth, but that's what we put our trust in, if that's what we put our faith in, then, then the, this proverb says that we will fall. It's not wealth, it's not money that is going to benefit us um, on the day of judgment, as we talked about this morning. When that day comes, it's not our money that's going to get us into heaven. It's the righteousness, right? Um, so what, is, what does Proverbs say about acquiring wealth? This is another thing um, I think a lot of people think about. Um, you know, um, in, a, in a future um, study in Proverbs, we're going to look at what Proverbs says regarding work. And of course, work is one of those things in which you do to get money. Um, sometimes the work that we do could make us wealthy. And let me just say real quick, I keep using the term wealthy. Every single one of us in here is wealthy in terms of biblical terms. Because the people back then had nothing in terms of wealth in, in, as what we have right now. Um, you know, running water, all of those things, cars, air conditioning, those things are all things of wealth. And there are many people in the world, um, even in the United States uh, also, that, that don't have a lot of the things that we do. So um, wealth is kind of one of those terms that I think depending on where you live and where you're from, can help determine whether or not you're wealthy or not. And I think sometimes in our society, we may look at ourselves and class ourselves like, oh, we're in the lower class or the middle class or the upper class, etc. But I think that in any cases, or in, very, in many of the cases, everybody um, is wealthy in terms of what the Bible um, talks about in terms of wealth. I don't think society necessarily um, dictates that as much as, as we think. 
So what about acquiring wealth? Uh, well, Proverbs thirteen eleven, pretty close to that one. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Now, the word hastily there is also probably translated fraudulently or by fraud. Um, the word in the Hebrew there, I believe, means fraud. Um, so I'm, I don't know how much haste has to do with it. Um, and we're going to look at a couple other verses here in a minute that uses the word hastily, but it's a different word. Um, so this, it, this is talking about getting money in dishonest ways. Um, so the money that we do acquire must be acquired honestly, um, typically through labor, um, not gambling. You know, that's not a good way to gain money um, in an honest fashion or, of course, ripping people off. That's not a good thing either. Um, Proverbs 20, verse 21. Now we're bouncing around pretty fast. Proverbs 20, verse 21 says, An inheritance gained hastily in the beginning will not be blessed in the end. So there the word hastily is not the same word that is used uh, in the verse that we just looked at. Um, This is talking more about expediency. Uh, And this is um, talking about, uh, the, the way I see this one and think about this one is the prodigal son, who said, I want my inheritance right now. And then he goes and blows it all, right? Um, it's more, it's, it's kind of like someone who's, you know, just waiting for their parents to die so that they can get their inheritance. That's not a good way to, to gain wealth. Um, but uh, labor, labor is always the best way. Um, inheritance, you know, sometimes it happens, but that's not something that we should strive for. Like our only means of getting money is, hey, I just got to wait until my dad dies so I can get my money. Um, because if, you, if your dad knows you have that attitude, you probably aren't going to get any money. Um, not these days. Um, but the prodigal son's dad still gave him his money, even though that was his attitude. Um, Proverbs 28, verse 20 there. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. To show, uh, jump down to 22, a stingy man hastens after wealth and does not know that poverty will come upon him. Now, I didn't pick these verses because they had the hasty uh, word in them. It just so happens that a lot of the scriptures in Proverbs that talk about wealth talk about the speed in which you get your wealth. Um, And I think that speaks a lot about hard work and earning your money over a period of time, not all at once. Um, and I think that's what, what is being talked about here in these verses in 28, 20, and 22, is that uh, wealth is best if it's gained gradually, um, not instantaneously or hastily. Um, look at, uh, what are we in, 28? Go back to 21. Chapter 21, verse 5. Five and six, yeah. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty, there it is again, comes only to poverty. Uh, the getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. Um, so this, 
this verse, you know, it's I think it's talking more about, um, you know, when when wealth is acquired in in unfavorable ways, in ways that we shouldn't be gathering wealth, it leads to uh, a temporary and bitter end. It's not something that that is long lasting or can be maintained um, in many cases. Um, so something to consider there. Now. Um, Wealth, of course, I think in our society is, when we talk about being rich in our society, I think that's something that a lot of people strive for. Um, And again, I don't think there's anything wrong with having money. The Bible never says that it's bad to be rich. Um, You know, when Jesus says it's more difficult for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven than it is for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle, he's not saying it's impossible, because with God all things are possible. God can make a camel go through the eye of a needle if he wanted to. He could make a really, really small camel, or he could make a really, really big needle. He could make it happen if he wanted to make it happen. Um, And God has made it possible for a rich man or a poor man to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. And how we uh, manage our money and and what emphasis we put on our money, uh, whether or not um, it's an idol in our life, like we talked about this morning, um, that that bears uh, on it as well. So let's keep wealth in perspective here. Uh, Look at Proverbs 23, verse 4. It says, Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. So if you just took the first part of that and lopped off the second part of it, it says, don't work to get rich. Don't work to, to acquire wealth. So I, I wish I would have known that. I could have used that verse on my dad when he was telling me to get a job when I was in high school. It says, hey, it says, don't work to get rich. So I'm just going to sit here and do it. You just give me the money. No, I think what this is talking about is that we shouldn't overwork to gain, rich, gain riches, to gain wealth. We shouldn't put ourselves uh, and change all of our priorities in life in order to gain wealth. Um, because then a lot of more important things get passed by the wayside. Um, family, um, relationships, um, time with God, you know, dedication and devotion to God's Word and, and uh, assembling with the body, those types of things can get uh, overlooked when we overwork ourselves. Um, same verse, uh, or same chapter, next verse, verse 5, says, When your eyes light on it, it is gone, for suddenly it sprouts wings, flying like an eagle toward heaven. All right? So he's talking that on it is talking about the wealth. Um, so um, you know riches easily disappear. It can happen in a moment. Um, you know uh, you could have a, a really bad accident that happens at the at your house and your house collapses into a sinkhole and oh my insurance company doesn't cover sinkholes anymore and whoop there goes all my savings because now I have to buy a new new house. Could happen, right? Wealth can disappear like that. Just like anything in this world, anything that we own, anything tangible and physical, these things pass away. The only things that do not, of course, are the spiritual things that involve God. Um, God does not pass away, and um, if we are in Christ, neither neither will we. Um, so wealth can be a blessing. It can be. But it can easily become a curse, and it can easily become an idol, um, and what makes the difference between those is wisdom. You know, if you're if you're handling your your money and and dealing with um, financial things in a in a wise manner, of course, 
thinking about uh, the devotion toward God, and, and uh, you know, we've talked before, especially uh, during our time of offering, about how we give. You know, we give with a joyful heart. Um, you know, it's not just a line item on our budget that we have to, you know, check off every month, say, okay, we, we, we gave our, our 10%. You know, I was talking to Charlie, I think it was during um, the men's Bible study last, well, this month, um, and Charlie was talking about um, how the temple works. And uh, in order to be a member of the temple, you have to pay dues, and you have to provide financial statements so that they know how much money you make in a year so that they can take their 10% of your income, and those are your dues. And Charlie said that a lot of people, and his friend included, um, are leaving the temple because they can't afford to be a member at the temple. And of course, that's not how the Bible tells us to give. Um, the Bible tells us to give with a joyful heart according to how we have prospered. You know, if, we've, uh, if we're making money and we, are, we have budgeted and we are using wisdom in our uh, our budgeting techniques and the way we manage money, then we can give to God what He deserves and possibly even more. Um, but of course, that decision is ultimately up to you because it's a choice that you have to make and it's a choice between you and God and the IRS. Um, <clears throat> so, that's wealth. Now, what about poverty? Poverty is the other side of this, right? Um, you have the wealthy, you have those who are impoverished. Now, some are poor because of circumstances that are beyond their control. And Proverbs talks about this. Look at Proverbs uh, 30, verse 14. Now, before we read this, um, a lot of other verses that talk about wealth in Proverbs often lumps wealthy with poverty. Like the wealthy will do this while the pover- the, those who are in poverty do the opposite. And it almost makes it seem like those who are in poverty are evil and those who are wealthy are good. Um, I don't, that's definitely not what's being said there, but if it's taken just as that snippet, it can definitely be seen that way and can be off-putting. Um, so poverty is important to put into context and understand the condition of poverty and how, how one became impoverished, whether it was because of circumstances beyond their control, like is explained here in verse 14 of, of Proverbs 30. It says, There are those whose teeth are swords, whose fangs are knives, to devour the poor from off the earth, the needy from among mankind. They're, the greed of others can lead to people becoming impoverished. We see this in third world countries. Um, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is North Korea how many of the people in North Korea live in very impoverished lives, but yet the government takes so much money and they live this lavish lifestyle um, basically off of the people. Um, and that's not the fault of those people in any way. They can't control that. Um, and in many cases, if they try to control that and get out of the country, they're killed. Um, and, you know, that exists elsewhere, but North Korea is the first one to come to my mind. Um, Extortion is another one. That's talked about over in Proverbs 28, verse 8. Um, but outside of, outside of those circumstances that could lead someone into poverty, you know, acts of God, you know, uh, uh, like I said, you know, sinkhole takes out the house and now, we, now we're poor. We don't have any money because that's not covered and we, we lost everything. Um, you know, persecution can lead to it, and personal choice. Some people choose 
to be poor, even though they, uh, maybe they work for a living or maybe they don't. But that's the choice that they've made um, to, to, be, to live a life of poverty. Um, there are others, though, that are poor because of their own sinful conduct. And this is also spoken about in Proverbs. And one of the biggest things that's talked about in Proverbs in terms of the sinful conduct that leads to poverty is laziness. I hear my dad ringing in the back of my head. Look at Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs 10, verse 14. The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. I'm sorry, not verse 14, verse 4. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Okay, A slack hand, talking about laziness. The diligence, of course, is what leads to wealth. Look at uh, chapter 14, verse 23. In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. Again, working for your money, right? Um, Not necessarily just sitting there expecting money be given to you. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 13. Love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes and you will have plenty of bread. Of course, this is not saying that you should not sleep, that you should just work all day long, and just and that's what you should do. If you notice, uh, it's almost poetic, really. Love not sleep, and then the next line is, open your eyes and you will have plenty of bread. Meaning there is a time to sleep, and there is a time to work, and there is a time to toil. Um, and again, wisdom can help you differentiate those. Um, I, should, I should put this on a post-it note and put it on my wife's headboard because she loves sleep she just doesn't get any um that might make her laugh or should make make her punch me um uh chapter 24 chapter 24 the ending of chapter 24 um talks about this a little bit more in depth and i like this section here verses uh, 30 through 34 it says i passed by the field of a sluggard by the vineyard of a man lacking sense. And behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles, and its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber, and want like an armed man. See, this is a good motivator for me, because I think a lot of times, at least in my in my life, you know, I, I think... I'm tired, I've worked 40, 50, 60 hours this week, and I just want to sit. I don't want to do these things on my to-do list. I don't want to do these things on the honey-do list. I just want to rest. But then you rest, and you rest, and procrastination becomes part of it. And then that honey-do list gets longer and longer and longer. And then you have to throw everything in there at the last minute. Um, And that's, you know, that's... That's definitely a part of laziness. I think this is a great proverb that that speaks to that um, very well. Um, So laziness uh, is one of those sinful things that um, can lead um, to poverty. Another is uh, refusing to heed correction. Look at Proverbs 13, uh, 18. Yeah. 
Poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. Right? Um, I keep using my dad as an example. Um, I had a job, I think I had my first job when I was 15, 15 and a half, 16, whenever it was legal to, to have a job. I worked, uh, I worked at an uh, ice cream parlor uh, where we sang and danced, and it was a 50s ice cream parlor. It was right up my alley. It was really fun. Cool first job. We also had a candy store on the other side, so I got really fat, but um, fatter, I should say. Um, but uh, you know, my my dad came from a background of poverty. Didn't have a whole lot growing up. He had to work to to make make it where he was. He he was driving moving trucks and furniture trucks and tow trucks until he decided to join the military, and and uh, the military kind of took him on from there and. You know, he he instilled in me a work ethic. Um, you know, you want a cell phone? Go get a job. Work for it. Uh, you you need gas in your car? Get a job. Put the gas in your car. Pay for the gas in your car. Otherwise, there's a perfectly good school bus that I also drive part time that you can drive. So that was that's you know, I I I wouldn't say that I came up in a in an impoverished house at all. Um, you know, we always had a roof over our head, clothes, food to eat, all of those things. Um, but um, I think the wisdom of my parents and their background and their upbringing um, definitely led to um, my work ethic that I have today. Um, and hopefully that's something I can instill in my children as well. Um, but that's all about correction. You know, if I was sitting on the couch complaining that, you know, I wanted to go out, hang out with friends, but I don't have a car. And my dad's like, well, go get a job. Then you can have a car and then you can go hang out with friends because then you can pay for it. Instead of asking us for money to go to the movies, you can pay for it yourself. And um, that's correction. And if I said, nah, I'll just sit here and watch TV, where would I be? Probably in jail. Who knows? Um, Uh, another uh, sinful conduct that leads to poverty is uh, pleasure-seeking. Look at uh, Proverbs 21, verse uh, 17. Whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. So the first part of that talks about what, what I just said there, pleasure-seeking. Um, and the next part, or the next, that second part of that... Um, he who loves wine and oil will not be rich. That kind of actually leads perfectly into the next um, sinful thing is drunkenness and gluttony. Look at uh, Proverbs 23. Uh, verses 20 through 21. Do not, or be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat. For the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty and slumber will clothe them with rags. So again, you have the slumber part that's leading back to the laziness, right? Drunkenness and gluttony, you know, you're spending all of your money on booze. You know, and, and um, you know, we hear, I've heard so many stories being in the media about um, homeless people and just the amount of alcohol that is surrounding homeless camps um, and the fact that many of them go and spend the money that they beg for on alcohol because they have a problem. Um, and they don't really have anybody to help them with that, or they choose not to get assistance with that. But they're homeless. They are in poverty because they are spending what they have on alcohol. 
Um, and, you know, that I, there are plenty of stories that I could go into about, about that. But um, to save time, um, <laughs> no pun intended, the next sinful thing is wasting time on frivolous things. Um, Proverbs 28, verse 19 Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits will have plenty of poverty. Now, does this say that you can't have a hobby, that you can't enjoy things that are outside of work? No. But this is saying if you quit working in order to pursue something that is not a quote-unquote sure thing, but it's something that is frivolous and will lead to nothing, um, then obviously, A, that's not a wise decision. Decision. The mouth is starting to, uh, the batteries are running out. Um, So obviously that can lead to um, losing money. Um, A quick story um, from my other job. Um, We had a, a, a developer... Um, it was with the, it was actually with the news company that I worked with before the company I'm with now. Um, we had a, a developer at corporate who was working on mobile apps. Um, and, um, he was in his office playing video games all day long, not working on the mobile apps. He got caught and he got fired. And I see this and I think, Wasting time on frivolous things instead of doing what you're supposed to be doing. Now, as a video gamer, myself, my wife were were here, she'd be going, wait a minute, I think you're talking about yourself. No, not talking about myself. Um, Again, it doesn't mean that you can't have hobbies. It doesn't mean you can't do things that you enjoy. You know, some people may think woodworking is a frivolous thing that you shouldn't spend time on, but... It's not. It's a hobby. It's something that you can do. You can work with your hands. Um, But if you were to quit a job and say, I'm going to be a professional woodworker, and you have no experience in doing such things, that's probably not going to turn out too well. And you could lose a lot of money on that. So poverty is not always self-inflicted. But in most cases, it is. Not most, sorry, many cases, it is self-inflicted because of bad decisions, sinful decisions that were made that, that ended up there. But that doesn't mean that those aren't things that can be turned around. And that's the joy of, of Christ and, and the cross and that uh, the sinful things that, that lead us down that path. Um, we, have the, we have the freedom um, and the opportunity to repent from those things um, and join ourselves with Christ and uh, be covered in His atoning blood. Um, and that... Um, not that that's going to immediately make you rich, obviously, but turning away, repenting, and, and turning away from those things um, can hopefully put you back on that path of wisdom and doing the right thing um, in those situations. So, um, as Christians today, of course, we are blessed with, with relative wealth. Um, and next week, as I mentioned before, we're going to look at what wisdom um, can be gleaned from Proverbs regarding the use of our money in terms of of uh, generosity and greed. 
Um, so, uh, with that said, if, uh, if the church can assist you tonight uh, with anything that you need, uh, if you'd like us to manage your money, no, I'm just kidding. If, uh, if you have uh, any need that we can assist you with, if, it, uh, you know, if you need prayers of the church or desire more study, uh, we're here to assist you with that. Um, and you can come forward, of course, while we stand and sing.